Hi, this is Brian from Black Suit Youth, and you're listening to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. Hello, this is You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, a musical journey through the nuances of sound. Tonight, or whatever time of day it is that you happen to be listening to this podcast, I forget, it's not live radio, you'll be exposed to various genres of music, various genres of unknown music that I guarantee you will not have heard before. As usual, our programme tonight will be split into the medium of five rounds. It's still five rounds. It's still five rounds. It's still five rounds. Great, I've got something right. (laughs) We will begin with our head-to-head round, where members of the team will challenge each other to bring a song that they feel is superior to the others. Who will win? Who is in the lead at the moment? I believe it is Wayne. Uh, it's me and Rich, we're, uh, we're tied on three each. I am losing. Yes. I should probably introduce the team first, I'll get ahead of myself. Tonight, in the studio, I have with me, Wayne. Say hello, Wayne. Hello, everybody. I have Richard. Say hello, Richard. Hiya! And, all the way across the pond, in sunny New York, we have Brian from Black Suit Youth. Say hello, Brian. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. So, you're in for a treat tonight. Brian is our guest tonight on the show. And he will be, we'll be hearing a bit more from him later in, in our artist spotlight section. So I've got the first round and the last round. I've skipped to the end. I missed a bit in the middle. What happens in the middle? Wayne, help me out. <laughs> right, so after the head-to-head, where, where three of us bring a song by an artist who has contacted the show, who we feel is as good, if not better, than in the mainstream, we move on to the Hidden Masterpiece, which is brought by Brian from the Black Suit Youth this week. What are you bringing for the old Hidden Masterpiece, Brian? That's uh, a... B-side from Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes record. It's a song called Casa Diga that I think uh, a lot of people aren't that familiar with, and I don't know why they didn't put it on the record, because it rocks. Very good, very good. I'm sure Neil's got about 9 million hours of, of vocal to give you on that. After that, we move <laughs> on to the uh, Forgotten Classic, also bought by Brian this week. What are you bringing for the Forgotten Classic, Brian? I want to take it back to the 90s with Six Underground from the Sneaker Pimps, a song that I think was like omnipresent in culture then that is... I haven't heard in like 20 years, so. Very good, very good. Following that round, we then have our intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go. Where this, <laughs> this week Wayne was challenged to bring the music of Enka. That's right. Tell us what Enka is, Enka. Wayne. Enka. 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 Enka is it's popular Japanese music considered to resemble tra- traditional Japanese music. That's what? It. We'll get into it later on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not as interesting as it sounds, unfortunately. Well, what song are you bringing? I am bringing Enka. Kimono Boogie by Kasaga. Shizuku. So, and then, as, as always, at the end of the show, we'll have our artist spotlight where we'll be hearing a bit from Brian about what Black Suit Youth are up to. Right on. Which Black Suit Youth track are you bringing for us? Yeah, Stalking in Memphis. Very Brilliant. Good, very good. We shall look forward to that. <clears throat> okay. That's Moving pretty much it. Yeah. So, it is time for our first round, which is our...
So that was You've Been Down Here by Dead Seam Old. That was my song, and I knew that. Flawless Rich, so, that was. The reason I accidentally just read out, you won't you, you have heard it because it's edited out, but the reason I said Vangelis and Conquest of Paradise is because the start of it reminded <laughs> me of that song. <laughs> you know, the... the mm, yeah. mm, <clears throat> and I actually, it actually sounded so much like it, I thought they'd sampled it. <laughs> and I had to get, uh, listen to it over and over until I realised, actually, it wasn't sampled. It's just identical, <laughs> almost. I love the song. It's got very layered. It's very it's got a lot going on it's but it's it's a song that can appeal to the masses i think very well whilst being complicated complex at the same time it's the most complex song you got complex song people don't want to listen to it it's like they lose interest but this is quite layered and quite layered it's laid quite well and the, the the use of instruments is very good yeah i like do you think wayne oh i was going to start with brian let's, let's, let's have brian's thoughts on this what do you think of this song, uh, it was pretty good. Like I thought initially, it kind of had like like an instrumental kind of Nick Cave kind of feel. Maybe like cross a little bit of like a naval hemi. It got a little wordy. I mean, at certain points, but it was a uh, it was cool. It was a it had a cool vibe, you know. Certainly, you know. Awesome. Short and sweet. Very good. Neil, what do you think? Well, I'm perfectly honest. I didn't like it first time I heard it. I, I thought it, it was very droney and didn't really seem to go anywhere. However, I listened to it multiple times, as as you should do, really. And it did really start to grow on me. I was surprised at how much I ended up liking it mm. compared to my first listen. There's definitely a lot of depth there. Very atmospheric. I mean, you mentioned the intro earlier. I mean, I love Vangelis. No, I didn't really get that from it, but I wasn't really listening out for it either. But I, I just love the atmospheric build up at the start and uh, you know the sort of the, the, the bit where the vocals start to layer over each other it's very well done and as you said brilliant use of instrumentation it's one of those songs that you, you I think you have to put in a bit of effort with like I said I didn't like it first couple of times I heard it well, I did think I was going to struggle with this week really to uh, to be positive about it but the more and more more I listened to it the more I, I loved it uh, yeah definitely a grower not a shower I, <laughs> I, I'm the opposite of you Neil I fell really? in love with the yeah. first time I heard it I thought it was it was interesting it was new 
new. There's something about it that I haven't heard before, which is handy considering with a, you haven't heard his music podcast. Indeed. And like you say, it's layered. There's things in there, you know, it, it, it really goes to town. It sort of emotes <coughs> images, you know, I've got like a jungle sort of feel to it because of the tribalness of it. I've since found out, doing a bit of research, that the instruments that cause that are slapping the body, claps, what? slapping the belly, clicks, all that sort of stuff. Yes, a bit yeah. like the Matthew McConaughey stuff at, uh, on Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> uh, like uh, it was like don't worry be happy like Bobby McFerrin yeah yeah, yeah. You know. uh, the song is written with uh, former stereophonics drummer uh, Javier uh, Whaler I think his name is Wheeler. wow did you know that Rich yeah. no I did yeah. not I don't bother looking um, up anything they, like I said they use their bodies as, as uh, percussion the song is about imposter syndrome which is a feeling of you don't you're not, you're not deserving the praise and your achievements are not real that's, that's what the song's written about and from I think I got it from his press release he said he writes pop songs inspired by street music folk tales and found sounds I thought it was interesting I thought it was fantastic right so we move on to my song then yes we'll move on to your song right so I am bringing uh, an artist called Trevor James and his song Maxine enjoy
So that was Maxine by Trevor James. I found this through our, through our extensive emails that we have and just fell in love with it straight away. I've really enjoyed it. It's got a lovely summer vibe to it and the way it just, it builds, it, it builds and builds so it starts off quite gentle with just like a nice little drum beat then brings the bass in. You get the guitar, you get a bit of, you get a bit of synth in there, you know, and it really works. I just, I love it and I like the fact that it's a reverse sort of love song. So it's about his missus who's controlling and normally when, you know, he's controlling because he's cheating on him, it's not. She's just really paranoid and he, he loves her and they have to sort of take a time away from each other because he can't deal with her crazy no more I really like it. Neil what do you think well very similar to my reaction to Rich's song really I, I suppose I should start with my which is rapidly becoming a catchphrase of mine on these podcasts I fucking hate jazz it's not jazz it is, well, it is absolutely it's, jazz it's jazz it's not, through and through I knew you were going to say that it's not technically jazz no it's, it, it's, it it's, is it's, it's more funk soul but there is definitely a jazz vibe going it's on behind absolute it absolute jazz in this it's, it, it, it's, it's a jazz influenced funk I'm, soul I'm song I'm not picking up jazz it's jazz kind of like a contemporary pop jazz so yeah that, that, that was my first that was the first thing that hit me and then it was uh, again more more with, as with Richie's song the more I've listened to it the more this song has grown on me and I, I have actually ended up really liking it which is high praise for me considering my aversion to, to jazz obviously we can debate whether it's jazz. I, I definitely think there's a jazz influence absolutely in there. maybe a jazz influence but I, I've not seen um, but Anyway, I, love, anyway. I, I love jazz, so I'm I, saying those jazz. I kind of left my musical journey of this song really liking it, and it's. Uh, I mean, Wayne, Wayne mentioned about how the bass kicks in, and I think that that to me was. Uh, that, that, that is what really lifts the song. It was like, uh, I mean, when, when the first sort of uh, sort of synth part comes on, I, I kind of, I must be honest, the immediate thing that jumped to mind was elevator music. <laughs> the sort of thing, the sort of thing that you, you, know, you expect to hear when you step into an elevator, which, you know, is kind of gentle pipe music that encourages you to buy stuff. It, it made, made me want to run down to next and get a new shirt, honestly. <laughs> but, but then this bass kicks in, this really funky bass. It lifts the song. You know what? It elevates it. Oh, nice. fucking hell. I've, been, I've been waiting all night to do that. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Bridge. Well, yeah. yeah well, that, you know, I, I wasn't sure the first time, but I love jazz. I love jazz, and that's how I'm sure this is... The opposite of me. This has absolute elements of jazz in it. It's, like I said, a contemporary pop jazz. It's something new. It's not like what you might usually consider to be jazz, but, yeah. And again, like my song, it's layered, but even more so. It's very complex. Musically, fantastic. It's amazing. There's so much going on. And each different layer brings something new. Equally as interesting. Really good. The drummer, you're talking about the, the bass. Uh, the drummer and the bass player work in harmony. Brilliant. Like, like a bass player and a drummer should do it's like with every beat like, whatever the beat is the bass player will emphasise that, that, that bass drum on his on his bass so when he's hitting the, the bass you can just hear it and you don't often get that in music obviously you have to listen to the song but uh, yeah <laughs> I know what I'm about <laughs> but yeah I thought it was absolutely brilliant put together the, the solos and that's, that's the way the jazz elements quit. each like instrument had like, their own individual solo which wasn't wasn't there wasn't like a formula. It wasn't like um. I enjoyed the the organ solo into the guitar solo. I thought that was fantastic. It was one of my favourite bits. It's of the like a normal sort of normal song. It's got like a pattern. Mm. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, and this is how it's going to go. And this is how it's going to sound. And then it all repeat it. This didn't have that. It was it was uh, what's the word? Each part was fluid. It wasn't. F- it was fluid, but it it wasn't. It, it almost sounded improv, the, ah, okay. the, although it wasn't spontaneous. Sp- yeah. Linear man, it's everything it good art. Non-linear. That's, 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 that's what I was looking for. Yes. Yeah. Right, Cheers, Brian. 
I mean, it was actually, I would say it was a, a, excuse me, it was such a stark contrast to the first song. The first song was more like so studio driven to the level of layers that it almost sounded like Enya while this was live. And it was cool how they incorporated, it was like a, a rock steady kind of tone crossed with something that like would almost be like a Vegas show tune. And like I said, it was like kind of like reggae meets Tom Jones. And it was cool, man. I definitely dug it. It definitely had that summer kind of feel or just chilling on a on a beach on some caribbean island kind of jam something you might hear you know it was cool i definitely dug it cool awesome awesome so it's so, moving on to neil neil's song neil okay. with his song yeah my song this week is by thomas benjamin wilde esquire and the song is no more fucks to give enjoy And I've tried even more I've cried, cried, cried And I can't recall what for I've pressed, I've pushed, I've yelled I've begged in hopes of some success But the inevitable fact is that it never will impress I've no more fucks to give My fucks have runneth dry I've tried to go fuck shopping But there's no fucks left to buy I've no more fucks to give Though more fucks I've tried to get I'm over my fuck budget and I'm now in fucking debt I strive, strive, strive to get everything done I've played by all the rules but I've very rarely won I've smiled, I've charmed, I've wooed and laughed Alas, to no avail I've run round like a moron to unequivocally No more fucks to give, my fuck fuse has just blown I've been hunting for my fucks all day but they've upped and fucked off home I've no more fucks to give, my fuck rations are depleted I've rallied my fuck army but it's been fucking defeated The effort has just not been worth the time or the expense I've exhausted all my energy They've come back round and passed me while they're fucking off again I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have all dissolved I've planned many projects but my fucks won't be involved I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have all been spent
So that was Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire with No More Fucks to Give. So I came across this song a couple of months ago. My wife, uh, Rachel, who I've mentioned on the podcast before, spotted a video of Thomas playing, playing this, uh, a live version of this song in what looked like a clothing store. In it front, was a clothing store. In front of a very small audience. It was like, it like a tailor's. Yeah, he looked, looked like something off Kingsman. Yeah. But uh, yeah, which made it even funnier with the, with the ukulele. And she said, this, this is brilliant. You've got to watch this. And I watched it and straight away I'm like, I need to check this guy out and I need to bring him as a head to head because I, I just fell in love with the song so it, it appealed to me on a number of levels so, you know, first of all it's it's fucking hilarious and it, you know the thing is comedians can you know can, can avoid having to be funny by just throwing out offensive words which this you think this could go down the route off but it's, if you look at the lyrics of the song it's actually very cleverly put together and you know the different examples he gives of his life really and, and the way he really couldn't give a fuck anymore you know it, it, it all ties very, very, very neatly together I think I um I found the song very relatable at the moment. A number of situations at work and just life in general. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm rapidly approaching forty, uh, having a bit of a midlife crisis, and this song pretty much sums up my life at the moment. I think in a, in a number of different areas, so it was instantly relatable. But it's a bit of fun as well, you know. It's it kind of in a light-hearted in a light-hearted way, it kind of reminds you that you know there are there are more important things in life to worry about than work and different you know different stresses that you may have and all all the rest of it you know and yeah i like that musically yeah it, i mean it's not it's not the most um intricate musical masterpiece compared to the other two that we've brought tonight but it's i just love that he's got that sort of sort of sort of 1940s post-war sort of dance hall swing type I've sound i've never seen uh, george formby singing this if i'm honest oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a bit of an, an eric idol sound with big a big monty python fan there's definitely a, a bit of an eric idol influence in there i mean check out some of this guy's other stuff the the song is from an album called uh, Awkward Encounters While Walking My Dog. The title track is uh, Awkward Encounters While Walking My Dog. Is is all about how he, he takes his dog out for walks in the park and all the local winos want to come up and make a fuss of her and he feels awkward. But, he, you know, it's done in a similar sort of jovial way. So, um, yeah, what did you think, Rich? <laughs> it's good. I like, like you say, it's cleverly written. The lyrics are brilliant. There's a piece of poetry, funny poetry. I think it's brilliant. Musically, um, it's quite simple. It's quite simplistic. It's not nothing special. It's just him on the ukulele strumming simple chords. But I can't, I can't knock the comedy element and the, the, the lyrics. It's well it's well written. Is it something that I would want to listen to on a daily basis? I think it's a, a, a mood song for me. If I'm feeling pissed off or things are getting me down, I might bang this on just to remind me not to give any fucks. But I don't think I'd put it on my playlist. It is it is good though, I do like it. Uh, Brian, what's your thoughts on this one? It's actually interesting to hear all of your thoughts on it. This is the only song that you guys presented that I'd actually heard before because the viral video was like so ubiquitous here. And it's just funny because in America right now, like all old timey stuff and barbershop culture is super popular because all these people are moving out the coal mines and repopulating the cities and whatnot. So this guy and that song is pretty much indicative of the people that I see walking around Brooklyn now looking like this and whatnot, who've kind of taken over and kicked out all the old residents and it just, just cracks me up i mean like i said i, I the, the video was funny and whatnot but it's like uh it just reminds me of my neighbors who like who i now share space with who 20 years ago if they showed their face on notion avenue probably would have been beaten with a tire iron or something <laughs> but uh you know like the the hipsters who have returned whatnot but uh, i mean yeah, it's obviously it's well done the song is good enough i mean the video really sells it in in the environment that it's in and the facial uh little uh smirks and little like eye things he does when he plays it you know it's 
it's well done you know it's a good little little comedy jingle it's like a, an americana flight of the concords you know very good right so it's performed on a banjolele he's always performed oh is it not a ukulele banjolele that's, that's it's that's the same as a ukulele yeah, not fun. it's just a bit bigger in it I think like you say it became a viral sensation after the video appeared online the song was performed at a place called Boys, Boys of Bradford which is a gentleman's retailer in Bradford's cultural quarter so hipster central of Bradford <laughs> basically I think at one point in everybody's life this song is very very apparent and keen to you you know basically. yeah it just happens to be mine oh yeah this is probably one of the most relatable songs we'd ever have on the <laughs> yeah, show yeah it really is it's it, <laughs> It's it's a mantra, let alone a song, you know. How many times has somebody come to you and said something, fuck, I couldn't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> every day. Every, exactly. I like the feel of the song. I love the way the lyrics flow into each other and the way he uses some proper Englishisms in there. And the one thing I really liked that neither of you um, picked up is there's a bass drum in there. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And it, it, it just picks up occasionally and just accentuates some of the, 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 the verses. And he does it in such a brilliant way that like it's, it's not there. It drifts into the mix, but it does it so well that it gives it that sort of, Oh, obviously, that's not present on the live version in the I've, Taylor yes, show. Yes, I, I haven't listened. To, I've only listened to the, the yeah uh, the recorded version. The recorded version. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I've only watched the live version. I sent you the recorded version. You sent me it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I watched the video on uh, YouTube because I, I just watched. I like the video. I, I really like it, Neil. Just a quick one. He has this song has six hundred and fifteen thousand plays, and he has fifty five thousand monthly listens, which makes him in our new version of the head day, the the uh, the most popular artist we've had. Yeah, he made, made about two thousand dollars, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next to nothing, I don't yeah. know what about Pillimelter. Been listened to by over what four hundred billion people. <laughs> that was the B size. That's not the not the new mm. head to head. Um, are we not getting this guy on the show? He's on about getting him oh, yeah. on. I've offered him a guest slot. Wait to hear back from him. Oh, nice. Yes, stay tuned. We may have uh, forgot the chap's name. Apologies. <coughs> oh, good. Uh, Thomas Benjamin Wilde. Esquire. 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 Yes, uh, in in a future episode, which would be interesting. I don't think that's his real name. It's a good stage name, though. Or quite. Uh, are, are you doubting his law credentials? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Right, we move on to the all-important question, Brian. What is your pick for head-to-head winner this week? That's a that's a tough choice. Um, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Reggae Tom Jones. I think uh, I forgot the gentleman's name, uh, Thomas. What, uh, whatever the middle one, whatever. Uh, yeah, give me a second. I've forgot as well. Trevor James. <laughs> Trevor James. I knew it was Trevor a team. James. Sorry, sorry, Trevor. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you very much. Yeah. That, that moves me into the lead, and I can see Rich just seething with anger sat next to me. I'm not angry. I'm not angry, just move on. <laughs> I was waiting for the C word to drop. That's you, what I was are a, for. you are a c- <laughs> but that's, that's fine. That's oh. fine. We'll move. <laughs> Brilliant, so uh, I'm this week's head to head champion. Congratulations to me. No well done, Wayne. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. So now we swiftly move on. I do, just want to clarify, I wasn't calling the guest a c- no, I was calling you a c- No, no, it's all good. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Right, we move on to the hidden masterpiece then. Hidden Masterpiece! So our special guest this week is Brian from the Black Suit Youth and he is bringing a hidden masterpiece. What hidden masterpiece are you bringing? Uh, The song is called Casadega from Tom Petty and uh, it's a B-side that was recorded at the time they did the Dim the Torpedoes record but didn't put it on it for some reason. It was on, I think they released it as on the back of a 45 or a 7 inch to Don't Do Me Like That. I think it was the... Those are records, children, if you're listening, by the way. <laughs> That's what he's referencing there. They are vinyl. What's a vinyl, Mum? <laughs> uh, so where did you where did you come across this? When was the first time you exposed 
Bradley song. I had heard it like back in the day, and then I I was trying to track it down. Like I was like, because it kind of had that like uh, season for loving kind of bass vibe to it. I always dug that kind of that like thump. And uh, through doing research, when the internet popped up, I was able to track it down and finally get it. And you know, and it's written about a weird town in Florida called Casadega. Uh, right, so let's start with Neil because I can see Neil's etching. To, he's, he's like a he's like a ground in the slips. Is is that a fucking dissertation? Well, well, well no, I haven't. I've actually had a dissertation sent to me uh, as it as happens because I've, I've involved other people in this one. Um, you see, because. Um, uh, first of all, I, I mean, I, I love Tom Petty. I'm, uh, I'm a, I could have put my mortgage say, on that, Neil, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I'm a big fan of Tom Petty. You know, I, I like his music. I like the well-known stuff. I'm not familiar with a lot of the album tracks, you know, but songs like Free Falling and uh, Learning to Fly, Last Dance of Mary Jane, things like that, absolutely incredible. And I, I just think he's, he's he's just one of those, well, even, even the, the Heartbreakers, just, you know, incredible musicians. Interestingly, Mike Campbell's touring with Fleetwood Mac now, and I was actually tempted to, uh, to try and go, but the tickets are extortionate. Yeah. Him, him and Neil Finn from Crowded House have replaced Lindsay Buckingham. Work, work, work that one out. But, uh, yes. It tells you how good Lindsay Buckingham is that you need two guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does really. Yeah, so uh, my wife, I wasn't familiar with this song. I like it. It's very, it's what you'd expect from a hidden masterpiece. I like it. It's very, it ticks all the Tom Petty boxes, really. It sort of encapsulates everything that is brilliant about Tom Petty. However, I wasn't going to leave it there because my father in law is the world's biggest Tom Petty fan. Rachel's does he dad. listen to the podcast? He probably listened to this episode. Episode. <laughs> um, Venus Tom Petty's on it. Rich, Rich knows my father-in-law now, and he, he's kind of thinking we should edit out that C word. <laughs> but, no, I, I think he's going to put another one in. That's what I was thinking. I texted me uh, my, my, my father-in-law. I asked him a few simple questions. I said, uh, "I said, okay, a couple of random Tom Petty questions for you. Are you familiar with the song Casadago from Damn the Torpedoes? I think." Would you say it's one of his more obscure songs, and do you like it? And this is what he came back with. Sorry for delaying replying. We've been out for lunch and haven't checked phone for you. You didn't need to know that. Okay. This, 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 this is his wife, Cheryl, who, who wrote this. Richard has the album Damn the Torpedoes, but Casadega doesn't feature on it. We know why. We found the track on YouTube and listened to it. We were not familiar with it. Now, my father-in-law owns every Tom Petty album under the sun. He's got all the Travelling Wilbur... Wil- that's yeah, that, that band he was Wilbur. in with, 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 with Bob Dylan. Travelling Wilburys. Well done. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's got uh, Mud Crutch, Tom Petty's other band. He's, he's got a lot. He's got a lot. He sits in him live, all the rest of it. So you can say he likes him? Yeah. Uh, a bit <laughs> like me with you two. Yeah, uh, well, I'm we, glad you like us, to we, be honest. Yeah. We found this track on YouTube, listened to it. We, neither, ne- neither of them are familiar with it. It was a double single release, we think, with Don't Do Me Like That. Was that right, Brian? That what yeah, that's what I, what I thought, yeah. yeah. Which does not appear on Damn the Torpedoes. I've just looked on Google and apparently there was a compilation box set called Playback. It must be quite an obscure track as we've never come across it before, but we both really liked it. Very typically Tom Petty. So yes, the, the bottom line is it, it is a hidden masterpiece. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, Richard <laughs> Wayne, Rachel, Rachel did, um, did a bit more research and discovered it was on a limited edition re-release of Damn the Torpedoes in 2010 with a few boats bonus tracks but it's really hard to, be, to get to that fair, album there to be fair yeah. we are at numbered like four to one now anyway, or four to two so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 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 yeah that, that's that's my take on it rich oh, it's a nice piece of classic rock move on <laughs> <laughs> nice as as brian says it is a song of it's called it's a spiritual a spiritualist camp in florida is casadega it's spelt wrong. Tom Petty spelt it wrong. It's actually like C A S S A D A. No, 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 no. It's Tom Petty. He's wrote it right. <laughs> they need to change the way they spell it. Well, no, he's actually said that I spelt it wrong. 
because it's, it's like Amarillo, uh, Tony Christian Amarillo. He's never been to Casadega, even though he's from Florida. He'd never been there. He just read about it and thought, that'd make a good song. So, yeah, I'm the same as you guys. I'm the same as now. I, first time I heard it, I was like, I'm not sure if this is a hidden masterpiece. It's, it sounds like every other Tom Petty song. And I thought, yeah, it sounds like every other Tom Petty song. It's instantly recognisable as Tom Petty, you know. And the more I listened to it, the more I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've heard this somewhere before. I haven't. I've never heard this song before. But it's got that familiarity. So it should be a hidden masterpiece. Sorry, it shouldn't be a hidden masterpiece. It should be out in the consciousness. But because of the limited release and all the rest of it, it's not. So a few bits and bobs about Tom Petty. He dropped out of high school at 17 to join his first band, Southern Rock Group, Mud Crutch. He signed a deal. Mud Crutch. Right. Your Crutch. He signed a deal for his royalties for all his songs 100% he signed away for a meagre 10 grand and then on his fourth album he suddenly realised he made a massive mistake and they ended up in a massive legal battle to try and get some of his royalties back from, from what was going on he became a travelling Wilbury by accident George Harrison had left a guitar at Tom Petty's house and he went to pick it up on the way to record a Travelling Wilbury song and asked Tom Petty if he wanted to come along to join, uh, just to have a jam with them. And they liked it so much, they asked him to join the band. And this is the this is the one that I went, wow. So Sam Smith, i.e. Sam Smith, the Bond fame and all the rest of it, yeah. The one who doesn't know if he's a girl or a boy. Yeah, him. <laughs> What's happened recently? Yeah, Sam, Sam Smith, Smith. doesn't know what yeah. he is. Sam Smith, singer of the song Stay With Me, settled with Tom Which Petty. Which off from <clears throat> Tom Petty, wasn't yes. it? Settled with Tom Petty for copying his song I went back down. He's now required to pay Tom Petty 12.5% for a writer's credit every time that song is played. Well, I guess you got off the hook with that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I was <laughs> that. Yeah, funny that. It's just it's not heard ever again, is it? That now, yeah. who, who were the other Travelling Wilburys, uh, Wayne? Uh, Roy Orbison. The founder of the Travelling Wilburys is Jeff Lynne, George Harrison, Tom Petty. You said Bob Dylan. Bob, but Dylan, yeah. Bob Dylan was only occasional, I think. He wasn't in it full-time. I'm not sure on oh, it. Don't, don't quote me on yeah, that. I, I, I sure. thought Bob Dylan was I don't know. I think Travelling Wilbury. I think it was a session drummer but it's basically it's a passion project was a traveling tra- tra- yeah. Wilburys of, of Jeff Lynne wanted to use a bit of his star cloud to form a band so he could just tour with Roy Orbison that's basically the reason it started <laughs> that's, not, that's not exactly how it started yep. and then Orbison passed away right when the song came out so <laughs> yeah. uh, right yeah. is it a hidden masterpiece Rich yeah Yeah. Yeah. Neil I bother asking you <laughs> I've got it already I'm going full on yeah, it is a hidden masterpiece Congratulations, Brian. The Tom Petty track, Casadega, is a hidden masterpiece. It's a really good song. Isn't it? right. We haven't really spoke about songs. It's a yeah, really it's actually song. a very good song. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's really, yeah. First time I heard it, I was yeah. unsure, and then it really digs in. I love the guitar in it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's Tom yeah. Petty guitar. Yeah, and I, sh- I showed it to my band, and we, we we jam on it when we're just tuning up sometimes, just for fun. It's just fun to play those harmonics over careful, like the chord. Careful, careful, so cool, she'll end up paying know? him 12%. <laughs> 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 oh, we're, not, we're not trying to like, We, we acknowledge that we, that, that we played it. <laughs> Very good. Right then, so after we've decided this is a hidden masterpiece, let's move on to the forgotten classic. Forgotten classic. Right, so this week's forgotten classic is also brought by Brian from the Black Suit Youth. What art song are you bringing that you consider to be a forgotten classic? Uh, Six Underground from Sneaker Pimps. Like I said, it was huge back in like 96, 97, 8, whenever it actually came out. And then it was everywhere. It was in like commercials. It was on TV. The video was everywhere. The band was everywhere. And then in the heartbeat, vanished, never to be seen again. <laughs> that usually yeah. happens when... The, Around here. That usually <laughs> happens when the artist turns out to be a paedophile. Like <laughs> Like R. Kelly, you don't I hear I haven't him. heard about that shit getting busted or anything, so we'll see. R. Kelly, you don't hear him anymore. Gary Glitter? No. 
Are we here? Well, R. Kelly is very prominent in the yeah. press and around here oh, yeah. right now. He's... I watched that documentary on R. Kelly. That was a fucking eye opener. That was. Was he? Jesus. Wow. And he's still doing it? They haven't stopped him doing it? I don't think anybody should be surprised. He's been tried. I mean, they had a video of him urinating on a girl. He goes, oh, that's not me. Again, it's you. Neil. <laughs> Let's start with you. Uh, I didn't recognize the song from the title. I, I didn't remember it. But as soon as it came on, I'm like, oh, yes, I know this. And yes, it was very prominent back in the 90s. It's a great song. Very um, very smooth, very... Um... Why have we got no booze? <laughs> you drunk as well, I nice. haven't got any booze because I drove here tonight. I've got a bottle of whiskey at home. Dickhead. Carry on now. Yeah, so yeah, it's just, just, just very, very smooth, very, very, very nice. Um, I was uh, I was listening to the the best of the cause on the way over here. Yeah, there's an element of the cause in there, but but with a heavier undertone, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that gentle vocal. But the instrumentation behind it sort of takes it to a different place. And yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic song. I love it. Rich? Yeah, it's good, it's good isn't it? <laughs> any uh, more? No, any more um, for any more? Yeah, like you say, it's a nice bit of 90s pop. When pop was good, we had this conversation earlier about a, a, a B-side, when we was doing the B-sides, yeah. a girl had brought a piece of pop that was reminiscent of that of the late 90s, early 90s, when, when pop was good. So yeah, this is takes you back to a time when it was good. It's kind of like, reminded me of Natalie and Brulian, Alanis Morissette, that yeah. type of thing. Something come, like a lot of uh, forgotten classics, that come flooding back to you straight away. This one didn't, it took me a while to remember it, but I do remember it now, yeah. So yeah, I like it, it's got a, it's got a good, you know, vibe and shit, so I like it. <laughs> oh, right. I'll, I'll give you some backgrounds and whatnot. When of course I saw, you will. When, when it was sent to me and it was Six Underground, I thought, is that like the way it appears on the album? Track six underground. <laughs> so it took me a while to realise that he's actually six underground. A sneaker pimps he's on the third. I was thinking of the Godzilla song, uh, the Joan Underground. One, yeah, deeper yeah. underground. Deeper underground. That, that's, that's what I was thinking when, yeah. I, when, I, when I first when I first saw. That is a forgotten classic. <laughs> it really is. Uh, right, so he's from the album Becoming X from 1996. They are a trip hop band from Hartlepool of all places. Hartlepool. 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 Just down the road. It's, it's really far northeast, and it is. Probably the most desolate place I've ever been to in my life, and I'm sure that I, I was, it was a long time ago. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Hartlepool is much nicer now. Right, it peaked at number 15 in the UK singles chart in 1996. It was then used in the film The Saint with Val Kilmer in 1997. It was then re-released into the UK chart and got to number nine. It got to number 45 on the American chart, and the main musical theme was sampled from Golden Girl, an instrumental track. Uh, an instrumental by John Barry from Goldfinger. So that's where the music comes from. I'm, I'm the same as you guys. The minute I heard it, I was transported back. And I remember hearing it all over the damn place, this song. They also did Spin, Spin, Sugar. Remember that one? Nope. Spin, Spin, Sugar. Oh, yeah. yeah that, no, that, no, no, still no. I remember that one anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great, great song. Neil, forgotten classic or not? Definitely. 100%, yes. Rich? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, this is a, this is an easy forgotten classic. This one, to yeah, be honest. Think, yeah. We could be like leading their revival, man. People could listen to this and like hit them up and be like, "You guys got to start playing," you know? <laughs> well, they, if they're yeah, alive, they were rumored to be. Uh, <laughs> I reckon in, we could get them on the podcast. Yeah, in 2015, <laughs> they were rumored to be uh, touring again and, and releasing a new album. And nothing came to fruition, unfortunately. You're caught so. in a hotel room, pissing on each other. <laughs> no, oh, uh, what, what no I was they did not this, get caught uh, doing that. While I was listening to this, by the way, Rachel came in and said. 
Is this a forgotten classic round? Because it's definitely a forgotten classic. <laughs> so you, you got to vote for my wife as well. Later, right? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Three and a ghost. That's what that is. Congratulations, it is a forgotten classic. It is a forgotten classic, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Get in the forgotten classic room. Corral. <laughs> yeah. We now move on to Neil's favourite round. Intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode. Fucking go! <laughs> So, for this week's intense hardcore genre musical challenge, Wayne was challenged to bring the music of Enka. Wayne, what is Enka? Enka. Tell us all about it! <laughs> I was challenged by Rich and Ema on the last episode to find Enka. Educate us! Enka is a popular, Japan- <laughs> popular Japanese music <laughs> considered to resemble traditional Japanese music. So, what you'd imagine Japanese music to sound like? It's nothing like what you've brought. This is not Enka. Sorry, or carry brought on. up. To another, brought up, to, to so be absolutely modernised Japanese folk. To be honest, what Richard just said is absolutely right. I brought modern Enka. That's what I brought because I did try and find Enka and I couldn't find. Hey, didn't you brought American swing? I brought modern Enka. That's what it is. That's that's what this is. So modern Enka is it was established in post-war Japan. And it's a it's sort of sentimental ballad music that sort of thing and brings in elements of blues, doo wop, and this thing called Ryu Koka which is Japanese for pop music. If that's not how you say it in Japan, apologies. I listened to about two or three hours of this stuff, and I got the same response as Rich after about 10 minutes. I like, this is just 50 swing. This That's all this is, and 30 swing from America. And then tried to look back over to traditional Enka. I couldn't find anything, so I settled on this. I really quite Fair like enough. this. I really <laughs> like it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a good genre. What do you think, Neil? I thought it was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and for that reason, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it kind of starts off with this uh, this sort of, like, spoken bit. About, I mean, I watched the video with the subtitles mm. on and everything, mm. with these kids in the class talking about, you know, t- tell us a story or something. Oh, you watched the... the um the animated version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, got you. Tell us a story, and so then he decides to tell him a story about his mom going shopping. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that right? Did I listen to the right thing? Uh, yeah, so so I, I didn't say who it was. So the, the song is Kimono Boogie, and it's by uh, Kasagi Shizuko. That's who it's by. So she, she goes to the shop, she goes shopping, because she's desperate to feed her family, and then she freaks out because there's too much stuff to buy. <laughs> and she has this sort of like, Meltdown in the middle of the middle of the in middle of the, the market. <laughs> the kimono boogie. There's just so much stuff, and then she gets really pissed off because they won't actually sell her anything, and everybody's ignoring her. <laughs> Sounds like she suffers from depression with uh, slight anxiety and bipolar, <laughs> and you're taking the piss out of her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not <laughs> well, that was not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Ruth? Um, it was it's a nice bit. of... Japanese swing. <laughs> it's basically um, what it is, yeah. Inspired by the American swing revolution, I think. The song you brought reminded me of um, Heidi Ho by uh, Callaway. Heidi, 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 Ho. Well, yeah, one. funny that, because that's what we were. Uh, yeah, well, the Neil Moocher or whatever. Moocher, yeah. <laughs> Cab Callaway. Yeah. Cab Callaway, that's yeah, it. Yeah. We did a genre challenge the other week that I messed up, the one from The Mask. That's sort of the original version of what was it? What would what did um, oh, the lady from Bamboozle challenge you to? Oh, Do you remember? It was, um, that one anyway. That's yeah. That's sort of that. Yeah. Something I picked up on this is so this is sort of prominent in the late forties, early fifties in Japan. Now that sort of music is late twenties, early thirties in America. 
So it's what we were talking about with the Chinese indie. They're 20 years behind. Yeah. So they're picking up on something from America. Oh, Chinese indie. Chinese indie. That's, that's a throwback, in it, there? Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Made me want to have a gimlet of Pim's Cup and do the Lindy Hop. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, that was cool. I mean... I was I was in Japan and I never heard anything like that there and like I went to like they have like these bars where like they're like music appreciation bars where they play, the DJ plays a record and everyone sits quietly and listens like it would never work here I, they, I never heard anything like that there but it's definitely cool it definitely had like that boardwalk empire twenties yeah, you know prohibition that. kind of feel you know yeah hey mambo mambo italiano hey mambo that's the same that's the same area yeah. um, I, I watched it with the video with the uh, subtitles on first time so i could get a feel for what the song was about ill-fated shopping trip <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then i thought i need to listen to it again to see if i really get that intensity from it and i'm fascinated by this bit where and it's great on the little cartoon video when like she, she's screaming at the shopkeepers to serve her, and they all turn round in unison in time with the music, like turn their back Is on that her. Is uh, uh, that the... I got, I got to that bit, and I was like, that's all I could think of. <laughs> and it, things I could relate to it, because a number of times I've been at a bar and people haven't served me. And there's people being... You know, have you ever had yeah, that? Where there's gotcha. people being served all around you, and you think, am I fucking invisible? <laughs> well, you I could mean, do what my... I'm at. I mate Tomo does and jags him over the bar. He does. Well, the, the once, the once. I was in, I was, I was in a bar and I, I ordered a, a, a pint of beer. They took my money. They put, pulled my pint and then left it on the side and went to do something else and forgot about me. <laughs> and in the end, I'm, I'm screaming at everyone. That's my pint over there. Give me my pint. <laughs> this is the sort of experience I have. I, I think I'm, I've got one of those faces that people just think, oh, we can ignore him. Give me my pint. It's gone flat, you twat. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I was fascinated by that bit of the song. Oh. Right. Wow, well, okay, yeah. I, I enjoyed this challenge, it was good. Uh, it was a good genre as well, and I've learned something new about Japanese culture. They like culture. they like to tell a story. They do. Uh, this lady, Kashuga, I've said it right, Kasagi Shizuko, or it could be Shizuko Kazagi. Could be anything, yeah. I mean, they've got some strange fucking names yeah. over there. Uh, she appeared in a 1948 film called Drunken Angel, uh, which was directed by Akira Kurosawa. And after that, she she gave up singing and concentrated on her acting career. She was also known as the, the Queen of the Boogie Woogie, which oh. I, I think she should have carried on singing because I don't know her as an actress at all, even though she started in an Akira Kurosawa film. So that's unfortunate, though. But yeah, good song. Awesome. We'll right go on to our artist spotlight. Artist spotlight. Spotlight. This week for Artist Spotlight, we have our special guest. Not Joel. Not Joel. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Is there anybody in your band called Joel, Brian? No, and, and, and we've had like 10 ex members, there's never been a Joel, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good at this, aren't I? So, this is, so, Brian, tell us about what's going on. Tell us about yourself. What's new since the last time we spoke? Uh, since, since last we spoke, I'm trying to remember, uh, the record, Fall South, is definitely out. Um, so we just did a little tour in support of that. I just literally got home two days ago, so I'm just kind of readjusting to reality right now. Um, like I said, I got a pile of laundry I got to attend to. That's my next big project. But um, yeah, just definitely, we got one, one local gig in New York coming up in uh, about less than two weeks, and then uh, I'm going to take a little vacation and then come back and start working on the next record, <laughs> you know. When are you hoping to get your next record released for? 
Oh, I mean, we're probably we're scheduled to only start recording drums in maybe July or August. So, I mean, that's that's going to be next spring. But we've been writing the songs. My bass player actually built a really nice studio in his basement where we and a printing press too, so we can make our own T-shirts and record demos there. And then we send those out to the label, which which is down in Atlanta. And then they give us notes and we work on stuff. And then when it's ready, we go and actually record down there. So yeah. it's a fun little process. You don't have to do as much traveling. Mm-hmm. You know? What's the name of your most current album? Uh, it's called False South. False South, right. And where... So like the opposite of True North. Ah, know? right, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's, uh, where, where have you been uh, playing in America? Or has it been a world tour? or? Uh, just America and just, um, you know, we went down to the South. So we did a bunch of gigs down as far as Georgia and then hooked back up through Nashville, came up into the Midwest and then ended up at like Niagara Falls up by Canada and came back down. So it was, it was a fun little giant oval, basically. So it's been cool. Did, did you did you really go to the south, Brian, or uh, or was that false? Oh Christ! Oh, he's so smug when he says it as well. <laughs> the, the South is a state of mind, man. <laughs> with, with 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 much tastier food and better yeah. options for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> people walking running around in leather leather masks and killing people with chainsaws. What's that? Oh, God. Yeah, well, well, in Atlanta, you can find that because the film industry is there and they're constantly filming The Walking Dead or Marvel or whatever <laughs> else. So it's not unusual to go to like the Claremont Lounge and see extras in weird costumes and shit. Wow. You know? Yeah. Be interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, your song that you're bringing today, which is Stalking in Memphis, what's the, what's the story behind that? Uh, well, quick funny story. I, like a couple, you know, years ago, I had I had a good buddy who's actually I'm not gonna throw him under the bus. He's kind of like a pretty famous DJ in the world right now. But when we were younger, he was kind of seeing this chick. We were supposed to go out drinking, go to the bar or whatnot, and he rolled up to pick me up. And he's like, "All right, but before we go out to the bar, I want to cruise past this girl's house because I think she's hanging out with this other guy." And I'm like, "Look, man, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, you go do that shit. Come get me later." And when he was going and like rolling up on this chick, he got into a car wreck. <laughs> So that's karma right there. So just so like just a little reminded me of that, and just you know a little. I, I kind of tried to wove it with like little other allusions to cheating. Like there was a I think I forgot it was Al Green song like uh, at, at the dark end of the street, whatever. Oh, like I, I wanted to throw that in, you know, like about people cheating and whatnot, and just like little stuff like that. And then I always like to have clever titles, so. Instead of walking in Memphis, stalking in Memphis, which I only got, to which know, is actually, by the way, which is pretty, which which I didn't think about, but like our first single, Capital Offense, you know, now you have to like promote your stuff on Facebook, whatnot. They don't just like play it. We were having issues with stalking in Memphis because stalking is like a trigger word that can frighten people. So like we we haven't been getting nearly the response we got from from the same. We've managed to get it on some left aisle radio and and we're doing and it's a little bit right too. We've been doing okay with it, but. It's been a hindrance that I never thought of. It's not even a bad word, but hey, live we'll, we'll play for you, Brian. The we, censored world. We've got, we've got no <laughs> issues with stalking. It. Yeah, we love stalking. <laughs> we've got no issues. We're all over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got paedophilia to edit. Stalking, the c word four times. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is abomination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, we were we were um quite uh, were take, we? yeah. Well, me and Rich was quite taken about that you've been going since two thousand four. I didn't I didn't read this up on you today. I had a quick check. Out. Well, I was, I was just checking out your music, to be honest. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were surprised to see uh, that you were going since 2004. So you've been on quite a what's that? 15 years together. Yeah, it's been I a mean, name change. Like, yeah. Well, initially we were called the New York Dynamite, but that sounded like a woman's soccer team, so <laughs> we ended up 
abandoning that. But uh, yeah, but it's also the band's been kind of more like Nine Inch Nails in the sense where like every record has like kind of a different crew. And this is like a different band than that band. And this will be the first time that the same band is actually going to record on two different records, which is a, a major accomplishment. It's a hard life in the indie level, too. I mean, even my some of my friends' bands that are wildly more successful, it's hard to retain members as you get older. You know, people start having kids. No one's selling records, so it's it's really hard to support child support or raise your kids with Spotify streams. And, you know, on the other side, you, you know, you still get things like 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 sneakers and stuff, but it's it's tough, you know. Not getting money like you used to. It's like more of a barter system going on now for endorsements, you know. I was a bit taken back by this song. I was very surprised at how good your drummer is. They have absolutely oh, amazing drummer. He'll appreciate um, that. <laughs> the opening and the in the verses, he uses a, a beat that I found myself sat down trying to recreate. It was a it was in four four time. But it yeah. didn't sound like it was four four time, and it was really yeah. cleverly done. And obviously, when you listen to it back, guys, you, you you'll understand. But it's really well done. And uh, obviously, listening to he's he's very tight, very very good drummer. I really enjoy. It. Yeah, it's not very often you hear something and think shit. I, I'm I'm gonna have to sit down and work out how he's just done that. And especially, uh, in, the song, especially hard, in the song as well, because stuff like that doesn't make it into songs. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to show off now and do a bit of a solo here, but to actually stick something a bit different in the song as well. It was, I, I enjoyed it. Cool. He's got a lot of cool little techniques that I've been, now that I've gotten to know him better, I'm trying to like play up. Like He definitely did marching band as a kid, mm -hmm. and he has like, he's played in, before being in this heavy rock band that we do, he was kind of more into like bluesy and funk bands so taking that kind of influence but modernizing it to play with us there's a lot of potential so the stuff we've been writing i've been really excited about you know to play to his strengths you know i could kind of hear like a bluesy undercurrent to it i, th I thought in fact I was, th I was thinking at one point it's interesting you bought tom petty as a hidden masterpiece because uh i would have i would have put that as a bit of an influence for this no, definitely def I mean, definitely on the everyone... guitar work you know there's there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's definitely a bit of tom Who's, petty uh, speaking of influences what are your influences brian name some of the bands who inspired you. I mean, there's so many, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean growing up, I, I wanted to be in Guns N' Roses. I mean, I think like any kid in like the 80s, that, that was, and then got into Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and then from there found, got more into punk and got into like Bad Religion and uh, like AFI and Ignite and things like that. And then the New York hardcore scene was happening and like Gorilla Biscuits and Quicksand and all that. So just always, and then Long Island had this great scene that I was going to see these bands like inside and whatnot and then um it's just crazy how like it'll all kind of like get like wrapped together and then getting i also got like a lot of like world music there's a band the tea party from canada that exposed me to tons of different instruments you could use and whatnot and just tunings i, I was huge into uh i mean just the rolling stones too i mean just so many bands like it's ridiculous uh and i love like the ravenettes or the von bondies or the white stripes it's just i could I take from like everything, but try to like you know just put it all into one cohesive thing as best I can. You know. Uh, sorry, Rich. Go on. I was uh, picking up. I don't know if it was intentional on your part, but Billy Talent. You sound this song especially sounded a lot like uh, Billy Talent. I thought. Cool. They're they're cool. I never really got that into them. I do know like two of their like popular songs, Fallen but uh, they're, they're, they're a cool band. They're quite punky so. See, what I, what, I, what yeah. I got from you guys Was a band I absolutely love and Rise Against Rise Against. Yeah, I got exactly the yeah. same I knew, knew what you were going to say You got me into Rise Honestly, Against and... <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about this all tour Every single show of the tour 
one person and only one person will walk up and be like, yo, man, you guys sound like Rise Against. Like, it's, and we've heard it once. We've heard it once and only once every night. It's, uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you, cool. I'll tell you what it is. It's the, um, it's the, oh, Christ, I had it earlier. The enunciation it, of the words. And it's the, the guitar. Thing. It's really? the guitar oh, sound, yeah, okay. for me. It's the, um, not the harmonics. It's not harmonics. It's the octaves that your guitarist plays. I said it on the last, when you octaves. came onto the B-sides, yeah. It's an octave, yeah. That's why he's, uh, he's playing. I'm sure he's octave. I might be using the wrong term there. Yeah. The, well, the actual chord is octave. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, playing an octave Thank instead you. of a power chord. Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. And they sound fantastic. And they, it's very rise against. You, uh, you're the lead singer, yeah? Is that right? Yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, and I play the rhythm guitar. Oh, right, so, okay. So. Uh, right, so. There's times in this song where you remind me of the lead singer of Boy Sets Fire. And All right, neat. That's cool. That's a cool dude, so I'll, I'll accept that. I <laughs> fucking love Boy Sets yeah. Fire, so by proxy, I love your band as well. So, oh, that's, I, I never got to play with them, but I did play with his other band, The Calling Out, and they were super cool dudes. Yeah. But, cool, cool. Casting Out, Jesus, sorry. Sorry, not The Calling <laughs> Out, and Casting Out. Neil's got a load of stuff here to say by the looks of it. No, he's got the Bible. Got the Bible. <laughs> oh, he's got the Bible. Yeah. We're running up to the end of the show. Yeah, yeah that's pretty it's much the end it, of the show. It? Thank, uh, thank you for joining us, not Joel. Oh, not, Joel. Not, not Joel. Not Joel. Thanks, thanks for joining thank us. Thank you for having thank, me. Thank you for joining us, not Joel. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so if I ever have to go on the run and change my name and be a criminal, I'll, I'll use Joel as an homage to <laughs> you guys. Somebody will bang at the door. Is there Brian there? No. Is there a Joel there? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yes, on the next show we will ha- we'll have goes a good speed. A good friend of the show, he'll be on, um, probably be being more sarcastic and patronising as usual, bless Brilliant, him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he'll be bringing, he's another hit of Masterpiece for himself and a forgotten classic. Yes, he shall. Yeah, we'll be bringing uh, head-to-heads again, mm. as always. Uh, before we, uh, do you have any socials and whatever you want oh, to yeah. uh, promote and let people know about it so they can find you, listen to you and love you? Sure, thanks. Yeah, you can find Black's Youth on Spotify, first and foremost. You can definitely find Black's Youth on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, if it exists, we're definitely on it. And, MySpace. Uh, you you know, on MySpace. It, it, yes, I don't think anyone is, is checking out that page out anymore. <laughs> you're, you're on MySpace, but no one else is. <laughs> they, they lost all the music. I know the server crashed, yeah. so I know there's no music on MySpace anymore. Oh, right. Thank you, JT. Half a billion <laughs> tracks gone. Huh? Yeah. Half a billion tracks gone. Really? really? Yeah. yeah. So many obscure bands that that's Shit. the only place that existed now gone, mind. you know? Including the ISG as well. Yeah, and Our band's Both gone. Of them gone yeah. Shit. That's put a dump on your night, isn't it? <laughs> Not really. I never no. went and checked out our old band and I. <laughs> oh, and also, we're also on SoundCloud, which we, we use a little differently because that's kind of the only place where we're going to release like B sides and off kind of stuff. So if anyone wants. If anyone becomes a fan and wants to find some weird shit, that's where that's to look, very you cool. know? That's a good idea. I've got a few sites so I can find some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Space ghetto. <whatever>. What? Okay. <laughs> Kids, don't don't put that into Google. <laughs> yeah. I think that might. I don't think that might not exist anymore. I think, <laughs> but it's alright. Yeah. Oh, um, right. So yeah, uh, we need to choose a genre for next time, and I believe it, turn, it? it'll be Neil for Rich. Oh, I'm so pleased about that because I got I found a brilliant one from the Bible. What I've got in my hand. Uh, the Bible, I should just mention, is uh, it's not literally the Bible. It's a... Um, it's better um, than the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more 26 truthful. A4 pages of um, every musical genre under the sun. Thousands of the fuckers. Uh, is, uh, so I've, I've, do you have crab core in there? What's that, sorry? If it exists, it's in do there. Do you have crab core in there? <laughs> <laughs> crab Hang on, core. Neil's just looking through. Now. He's just going through the Chinese section. 
So Chu Choi and Chi. No. Really? Oh. There's crab, no crab. Crab as in little scuttly thing that pinches you. Yes, crabs. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's Cretan. I've had crabs before they made me go. Is it the next no, no, it's on Goblin <laughs> CR section. I can't see it on Is it on today after that? Yeah, it's just today. Oh dear. Mm. What oh. but uh, I mean, we, I, we shall add it to the Bible. We will add it. What, what is it? Crab core is like uh, um, like American like Midwest metal core, but the guys do this kind of strange dance where they all scuttle back and forth like crabs, that doesn't... and they dress like they're on a fucking track team. I'm not saying it's good or anything, but it's... <laughs> oh, you've got to find that now. I don't know if that's going to transfer well on a podcast. Are you constantly yeah, dancing? Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm tempted to actually go with that for you, which I've got an even better one. Oh, right, okay. Bands like Attack, Attack, or Falling in Reverse, or things like that, oh, or right. uh, like Crab Falling Core adjacent. You like crab cool? There you go. That's pointless <laughs> doing that now, though. Well, although, Fallen Reverse is a bit of everything, but uh, they're, I've even done dumb crab core adjacent. I've even done dumpstep in one of their songs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've just spotted the one above the one I was going to give you, actually, and I'm tempted to go with that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice. I'm, I'm going I'm to present you with both of them. You can choose which one you take away for your intense hardcore musical challenge. Mo go. Mo go. Yeah. So, your, your, your first choice would be Black Gaze. Which which is a few a few <laughs> What? <laughs> Gaze like stare. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Is in black who right Henry's? No, it's gaze. G A as in stare yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, That's gonna take some editing. So so black gaze. The, the first first option is black gaze. <laughs> which is which is a yeah, few... they can't see that they can't see you <laughs> looking at me I that now as well <laughs> it just stared at me as if say it's a gaze <sighs> they don't see that anyway it's it's, well. f- it's a fusion between black metal and shoegaze wow I'm sure I'm sure shoegazing has been mentioned before yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think it was in uh, connection with the yeah, Chinese, Chinese indie, yeah. so that's your first choice <laughs> if you don't feel like bringing that you can go with black midi I'm, I'm going with black gaze. Well, j- 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 just for um, just for in, uh, your, your general interest, black midi is sheet music consisting in a huge amount of notes per instrument, generally written in the midi format. <laughs> Actually, no, fuck it, I'm having that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with black midi, yeah. You'll have to send me that across, so I'll completely forget. Right. Black midi is, is the genre choice for next time. Black uh, gaze, says, Black gaze. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I can't believe you, Neil. <laughs> right, so th- this, that's it then. Yes, um, we ran it to the end. I get another big thank you to Brian from Black Suit Youth. You can check him out. Yeah, thanks it. for having me. It's been a pleasure, mate. It's been a pleasure. Yes, it has. It has. And I uh, just want to thank everybody for listening. Yeah. If indeed you still are. Goodbye from <laughs> me. Goodbye from me. Bye. And Adios. Sometimes the hands of glory Can feel like the hand of doom And what looks like the path to knowledge 
Journey into sound. I'll start the recording then. Hang on, just uh, give me some levels. <coughs> okay, levels. We want to get to the little soundbite first, or do we do that at the end? I oh, know. We'll, we'll do. We'll do. We'll just do a little bit of a test first, just to make yeah. sure the sound's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four. A, B, C. Blah, 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 blah. Neil. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Whatever letter he got up to. Paul Blackmore Cop is the greatest film ever made. <laughs> 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 and some from you please bro, bro. all right yo yo hey hey all right all right all right how we looking i'm being phoned hey this is brian from black suit youth and you are listening to you have not heard this music podcast Ooh. you were close you were close <laughs> You haven't you haven't heard this music podcast we should have called it you <laughs> yeah oh. oh he's gone he's gone are you upset? Okay, so... Right, who's... Uh, Rich uh, Hugo first, because you won last week. Right, so, so my you, song will have just played. It is. Um, you, you've listened to all the songs, uh, Joel? It's Brian. Brian. <laughs> I don't know who Joel is. It's three times you said Joel. Joel. Joel is the guy from Nigeria, and we interviewed about six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, I can see how I can be confused with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will be edited within an inch of its life. It will sound much more professional. This Sorry, Brian. <laughs> no worries. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I, I... Before. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> 
Maxine. Maxine's playing now on the podcast. We haven't edited it in yet, but it will be playing here. Maxine. Very good, Rich. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Very nice. That's pretty much spot on. Yeah.